You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans, and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Available on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Alexa, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts from, including Spotify. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Monday, and it is a glorious Monday because guess what? Pelicans Media Day is today. And of course, tomorrow we'll come to you guys breaking every single thing we learned from there down, which might not be a whole lot, but we should still talk about it because that's what we do here. So we're going to talk about Media Day tomorrow, and we're going to use this podcast to kind of get you set for Media Day, which is kicking off around 12.30 p.m. Monday, and this is going to be a lot of fun. We finally get to talk to the players. We will not have General Manager Dell Demps there, though, because he spoke to the media on Friday since he has an upcoming scouting trip to Europe planned um, and won't be there, so we'll, we'll talk about what he said on Friday here in the first part of the segment get you set for media day and we're going to start looking at Julius Randle and this is a guy we're going to take some real in-depth looks at over this week and next week and just throughout the whole season of course because people are expecting a very big season from him he was recently named on the ringers uh breakout players list so we want to kind of look at it is that right is it not right should we temper some expectations all of that so we'll cover all of that and more in today's edition of locked on pelicans so Del Demp spoke to the media Friday since he does have an upcoming scouting trip that was going to conflict with Monday, so they decided to reschedule him. Maybe it's a last-minute scouting trip. I don't know. Obviously, the Pelicans are going into training camp with just 19 guys instead of the 20 after waving a Mecca Okafor, and we know that this team is maybe looking to add another guy there, so maybe Del Demp's going overseas or wherever the scouting trip is going to be, might find him that kind of guy that they're looking for, another guy to add to training camp. And he's had some luck pulling people out of Europe in the past, most recently with Darius Miller and the season he had for the Pelicans. Strong start to the season, maybe not strong end to the season. But still, they've had some luck. And when you're kind of in the cap situation they are in and there's not a whole lot of other guys there, well, you've got to kind of really just do your best to try and find somebody. Maybe in Europe is the answer. But he did speak to the media Friday and it's going to go a lot how media or it went a lot how media day will go which is really not that insightful to be honest the way you could sum it up is he loves all the players on the team and all of them are in tremendous shape and I think that's kind of what they've talked about but they did he did mention something that I think is worth expanding on that I think is rather important for this team in this uh, particularly with the style that they're going to play he said that he feels they have a very deep team here in New Orleans and of course, they're going to add, you know, one or two of these guys from training camp is going to make the roster. And he feels that depth will certainly help him. With the Western Conference the way it is, and as competitive as it is, where you're looking at really, I don't know, 10, 11 teams that are going to be fighting for the playoffs that you think on just the surface level have a realistic chance of making the playoffs in some capacity. Having a deep team is going to be a good thing, particularly when you combine that with the fact that this team is going to get out and run. Number one in pace last year. And we'll talk about pace at some point because I think at times a little bit has been made too much of that, at least when you give them the rankings compared to other players, other teams. But we'll mention it here when we talk about Julius Randle. But still, they're getting out, they're running, that's physical, that's tiring. Having some depth to keep guys fresh and not let them play too, too many minutes is certainly going to be a good thing. So, the depth. 
Is it there? We'll find out. I think that we have to wait to see on this. But going into training camp here is currently your Pelicans roster released by them the other day. You've got Alexia Jinsa, who's in his seventh year in the league. Uh, Trevon Blewett on a two-way contract for this team. He's a rookie, of course, out of Xavier. Really impressed in summer league for the Pelicans. Ian Clark, the guard, four years in the league out of Belmont. Anthony Davis, who was just inducted into Kentucky's Hall of Fame, of course. This is going to be his sixth year. Get Czech Diallo with his third year upcoming here. So it's AD 7th. I think that they count rookie as one, and then your first year in the league is one, or then it's one and not two, which is just kind of a confusing thing. Garland Green is there. He's a forward 6'7", can play the wing position at a TCU. He's a rookie undrafted, and this is a guy they're hoping can compete and maybe make this roster. He's on an unguaranteed deal. Solomon Hill, of course, out of Arizona. Drew Holiday, Jared Jack just added to that unguaranteed deal. He's got 13 years in the league, so 14. And I think that's kind of what some of that depth that this team is thinking about. And of course, when you talk about this, um, not talk about this, talk about him, you know, Dell Demp seems to be very, very high on him. And this is what he said at media or at his media day. He goes, I'm a big Jarrett Jack fan. He's been a leader his entire life. He's clearly adding this guy on for the leadership that he brings, the film study, all those kind of things that Rajon Rondo did kind of bring to the team that now isn't here anymore. And I think it's certainly kind of a big thing for this team. He also was just kind of a safe player for the Knicks last year, I think. And I think he has a very realistic shot to make this team this coming year. You got Frank Jackson, who is now considered a rookie again. He could win rookie of the year since he didn't play at all last season. And of course, talking about Frank Jackson, um, he does have some restrictions for his minutes and his play in training camp just because he's been out of game shape for a while. I don't think this has anything to do with them worrying about a reoccurring injury or anything like that. It's more, hey, he hasn't played a lot. Let's not put him too much and ease him back into this a little bit more, even though we know he's been working out all offseason. I think it's in game shape and in training camp and in practices is a little bit of a different thing. After him, you've got Darius Miller, who's, of course, going to be on the team this coming year. Nikola Mirotic, Etwan Moore. Darius Morris, guard, added to the roster on an unguaranteed deal. Went to my high school, go Winward Wildcats. I think that's a fun one. He has a chance. I think him and Jarrett Jack might be fighting right now for that final guard spot on this team. You've got Jalil Okafor, who looks more like a lock now that the other Okafor isn't here, though I'm not 100% set on that. Julius Randle is, of course, going to be there. Then you've got two guys that they're really hoping one of them steps up. You've got Kenrick Williams. Um, who's a rookie out of TCU, 6'7", can play guard, that swing spot as well. And then Troy Williams, who's also 6'7", um, has been in the league for three years now out of Indiana. This is the guy I think they're expecting to make the team, maybe with that last roster spot. And certainly they want to add someone on the wing as they try and kind of go through things here a little bit. So the other things we, we want to mention from Dell Dempsey's presser is, of course, he talked about Alfred Payton. He's very happy with him there. That's the guy they went at in free agency right off the bat, um, bringing him in basically at midnight, the first chance they could to have him replace Rajon Rondo, even though maybe at the time they didn't know they were replacing Rondo. But that was a guy they wanted to add in. Dell Demp said he has a quiet leadership that has been underrated. They clearly feel there's a void there with Rondo, not from the play on the court, but from the intangibles that he brought to this team. And they're hoping Peyton or Jared Jack might be able to kind of make up for that. Then you have Jalil Okafor, and Del Demp said one thing which we all know for sure about him, and it's he is definitely coming in to prove something. 
of course he's coming in to prove something. He's coming in to prove that he's an NBA player, that he's a good NBA player, and all of that. We've seen that he's gotten in tremendous shape, and I think that's kind of what we want to see from him. He's taking this very seriously. Not that he never took it seriously before, but his career's not gone how he wanted it to go. So I think this is good to see that all of a sudden some things are going very well for him. And the Pelicans are still not committing anything like that to him just yet. I think that's safe. He's on an unguaranteed deal. They don't need to rush or do anything. And you don't want to let player, other players know that, hey, the la- this roster spot's going to Okafor. They want everyone to think that it's competition because competition is the word around the team right now. They have open competition for a number of roster spots, which certainly means guys are going to come in and bring it. And if you take one of those roster spots away and give it to Okafor, well... Maybe the competition doesn't work out as you want because these guys think that they're not going to be here no matter what. So competition is certainly going to be a word, and we're going to talk about this in a second here, uh, that you're going to hear a lot at training camp. So before we talk about training camp, the season is upcoming. And look, we all love going to a game. We all love a night out. Whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on the Pelicans or the Saints winning overtime over those damn Falcons, with Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert show sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. Sports, theater, concerts, literally everything. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice. You can t- sit by your friends. Always more fun. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more. Save some more money. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code Locked On L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, Locked On for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Every purchase is backed by a 100 buyer guarantee from the biggest concert and games to the hottest theater and more vivid seats has it all it's an online marketplace they make it easy for dedicated fans of live entertainment to get experiences that last a lifetime that's what you want don't just follow it along on twitter on your phone get into the arena get into the theater wherever it is and get the experience go to the app store again google play download the app and of course enter the promo code locked on for twenty dollars off orders of 200 or more so now that we have the Dell Demps presser out of the way, we're of course going to hear from Alvin Gentry and the rest of the players this upcoming media day. And the media day people that we'll be talking are any player under contract, which at this point basically should be anyone barring someone not being signed. You know who's not going to speak at me- media day though? Is of course the situation going on with the Minnesota Timberwolves. I met, forgot to mention this in the open, but we do need to mention it before we talk about the Pels, I guess. And that is a damn disaster. This is why you never want to give your coach full control of the franchise in terms of player personnel. Remember all that talk about Van Gundy potentially coming in and him wanting both roles? This is why you don't do it. According, you know, Jimmy Butler's put in that trade request. Tibbs now says, I don't want to trade him because Tibbs is coaching for his job. We know this. He's thinking in the near term because he can't afford to think three or four years down the line right now. He just wants to have a job. And now the owner stepped in and goes, just ignore my GM, uh, Layden, who's there. Ignore Tibbs, who's the president of the team. And you're going to deal directly with me and I will trade him. And then he's giving an edict to both of his guys. Well, you go and you trade this player because he's requested it and they want to get this over because holy shit, do you not want to be the Minnesota Timberwolves today when they have me today because what is every single player going to be asked about? What is the GM, the president, the head coach all going to be asked about that? Two of those guys in the same, or one of those guys in the two of those roles. So 
it's a disaster and just kind of why you don't want to do with this. Also, they just gave Carl Anthony Towns a max deal, which they should have done. And there's no question that that was going to get done. They always sign those kind of um, max deals after their rookie seasons. So it makes their cap situation just a bit harder and more of a disaster. So it's kind of funny to see everything that's going on there. And you have to figure this is likely going to put them out of the playoff race. So for the Pelicans and their media day, what should we read into this? And the answer is going to be, we're going to read in way too much, even though we really shouldn't. And over at LockedOnPelicans.com, yeah, we're back to writing now. Our own John Nathan Raby has an article up there kind of giving you a bit of a primer here to not worry too much about anything that gets said. Look, Demps just talked about how he likes every single one of the players on the team. They're all in great shape. And of course, he falls into things you're just going to hear. The GM's going to like all the players because he signed them. The head coach is going to like all of them because he's going to coach them and he doesn't want to say, well, these guys suck. It's always great when you have those rare moments of that kind of honesty for guys, but you're not really going to hear that. So I don't expect any of that here. They're going to all say they look great. They're all going to talk about how they're in great shape. Yes, we've seen from social media that Jalil Okafor looks ripped. Doesn't make him a good player. He was probably in good shape going into the league. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been drafted as high as he was. Didn't still work out. Julius Randle dropped a lot of weight last year and got in shape. And we saw the season he had. We're going to talk about him in the next segment here. But again, it doesn't necessarily mean much. Could that have been he just kind of clicked mentally and put it together? Or is it because he's in great shape? Or maybe just kind of a combination of things. Del Demps even said that Czech Diallo put on 15 pounds of muscle, but he's still fast and quick. Well, it still hasn't, he's been doing that every single year and he still hasn't really been a very serviceable NBA player. So it shows you that on media day, you're going to hear all this stuff. We're going to get excited. And then eh, it probably means nothing because if things just don't work, being in great shape doesn't really help you win basketball games. So I think that's kind of things we're going to be expecting. We're going to be seeing here. So just kind of keep that in mind as we hit that and why people might not get excited about all of that. And then he goes on in his article there. Look, there's a lot of other things that you don't really need to worry about here. Of course, the coaches are going to say they like their guys because eh, if they like their guys, that's great, but it doesn't necessarily make them a better basketball team. Probably doesn't hurt, to be honest, but it is coach speak. And of course, you get the sound bites and they know what they're doing. They're not really going to throw anyone under the bus. You get good stories that don't necessarily translate to things. He says the Pelicans are relying on guys like Trevon Blewett or Garland Green in February. This season has not gone as expected. These are guys that are going to get brought along slowly. I still think the same thing for Jackson. Maybe we'll get more clarity about that at media day today, but we'll see. Don't worry if players look unhappy or bored because, eh, frankly, it's okay and they're going through the motions a lot on media day. So all of this is to say we're not going to find out a whole lot. We've heard the same thing. They're going to talk about playing fast and how they think they can do this all year and that's going to maybe elevate them a level. They're going to temper your expectations by saying, look, the West is really tough. You're going to have a number of teams that weren't in the playoffs fighting for playoffs next season. And yeah, it just makes things a little bit harder. You've got uh, LeBron on the Lakers. You have to figure that a team like the Grizzlies are going to bounce back. The Nuggets have been like waiting to take that next step for a couple of years now, and they actually do look primed to do it now. This is all going to make things more difficult for the Pelicans, and they're going to try and reset your expectations because of that too. And it's fair. A lot of people are still not sold on this Pelicans team in terms of the national media because they really only took off after the DeMarcus Cousins injury when they were playing that fast style of ball that you don't know if is actually sustainable for the entire season. So we'll find out what they think and what they say, though it's largely going to be inconsequential and non-meaningful, but certainly still good to hear them say that on Media Day, which we will be recapping for you right here on tomorrow's podcast.
So now that basketball is back, the Locked On NBA podcast, which I co-host every Wednesday, never went away and is still here for you every single day, Monday through Friday. Locked On NBA is your daily national NBA podcast. Every Monday, get the local experts on the biggest stories and then stay with Locked On NBA all week long with daily 30-minute podcasts on everything going on around the association. Follow for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell your smart speaker to play Locked On NBA. So Julius Randle, he's going to be the focal point of a lot of things in today's media day. And for this Pelicans team, they're really hanging a lot of their hopes on him, as they should. This is a very good player who had a very, very good year for the Los Angeles Lakers last year after the All-Star break, averaging close to 18 points per game, a little bit more than that. So I think this the hopes are high for him. And when you look at him, you just kind of like everything he does. Down low, this dude is a goddamn bulldozer. And when he wants to get to the basket and the rim and score inside, he absolutely does. He shot 55.8% from the field last year because of all of those looks he's taking in close to the basket. Yes, he does not have the outside shooting or anything like that. Though we've seen him shoot some threes in in videos, by the way, this offseason. But again, that really matters in no capacity whatsoever. But again, when you can score inside like that, AD can space the court for you. You don't have to space it for him. These guys can work in tandem and have different kind of roles depending on who's out there on the court. Now, everyone's expecting him to take a big leap. The Ringer wrote about it saying that they expect him to take a big leap too. And a lot of that has to do with he's going to get more minutes. This is a guy who averaged 26.7 last season and still averaged 16.1 points per game. That was tied for the lead on the Lakers, by the way, with two other guys, Kuzma and Ingram. All three of them averaged 16.1, which is just kind of a little odd. I don't know. If you look at his per 36-minute numbers, even better, he was the second best player on the team in terms of points per game and he the first one's Jordan Clarkson so we can just rule that out basically it was Julius Randle this is a guy who's averaging 21.7 points per game in 26 minutes so now or sorry in per 36 minutes so now he moves to this team that plays hyper fast he's great in transition he makes the right passing I think he's a very underrated playmaker and we saw how that can work really well with DeMarcus Cousins now he comes in and he plays in this up-tempo style and you have to expect maybe his numbers are going to jump Except, I'm not certain of this, and I don't think necessarily that he's in line for a statistical breakout year compared to last year. Doesn't mean that it won't be because of the things he does on the court, but I don't know if his scoring numbers, at least those, are going to change a whole lot. So the first things first here is that the Lakers played very, very fast last year. The Pelicans were number one, and by certain rankings, depending where you want to look, the Lakers were two. Not far behind, the Pelicans had a pace We'll look at the basketball reference ones here of 100.5. Lakers were at 100.3. That's 0.2 possessions per game, essentially. That's not even one. So it's essentially the same thing. So I don't know if the added pace necessarily of taking shots early in the shot clock, which speeds up the game because you're getting more possession since you're not using time that way, is necessarily going to help them. The playing in transition, though, is another story. That's really where it can. You just get easy, high-quality looks at the rim, especially if he's getting that rebound and running or someone grabs it and he's already leaking out and running because he wasn't in position to grab the board. I think that's a big thing. The other thing is role here. With the Lakers, he was basically the second option, you know, at times first option on that team. Though towards the end of the year, they really wanted the ball out of his hands, getting it to Lonzo, getting it to some of the other guys on that team because they knew they weren't going to be keeping him for this upcoming year. 
I don't know how many minutes he's necessarily going to be playing per game, and I think that's where things maybe get a little bit dicey. You have 96 minutes in the front court. It's as simple as that. You've got that power forward spot and the center spot, 48 minutes per game, 96 minutes. If we think maybe on the, an average game for Anthony Davis, he's going to average 38 minutes per game, let's say, which is a realistic number, I think. I don't know if it's quite going to be that, but certainly last year he was averaging 36.4, and that's when he had to mark his cousins for a chunk of the time. You know, it's going to be probably a little bit higher. Well, that gives you 58 minutes left in the front court. You divide that by two, and you come to 29. Let's round up to make it easy, 30 minutes. You've got two more 30-minute spots there between Miritich and in between Randall. Maybe Miritich plays 26 minutes per game, which puts Randall right around, you know, 33, 34, something like that, potentially. Or maybe both are going to be playing, you know, right around 30 per game. We talked about it with Miritich that I think one of the reasons he struggled last year was he just wasn't quite certain of his role. And when you look at it in terms of minutes per game, it was at times a very big step up from him. And I think that kind of led to him struggling a little bit. It's your body's just not really used to that, you know? Before that, he was averaging 25 in Chicago. He's averaging 29 here. Those four extra minutes, they can do it, man. I, I promise you. You know, Randall averaged 26.7, expecting him to all of a sudden start to play 36. Might be a little much. I don't know if that's necessarily what they want to be doing. And so because of that, I don't know if he's necessarily going to have the minutes to make those points per game numbers jump up a whole lot either. Then you just look at it. on the He'll be on the court at times with Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday. He's going to be likely the third option there. That wasn't the case in L.A. So maybe there just aren't as many shots for him as there were in L.A. Uh, with the Lakers last season. All of this is to say if he doesn't take a huge jump up in numbers... That's probably okay because it's kind of when you really kind of try and project him out there, maybe right in line with what we're going to be seeing. That said, I, d I still think he's going to be a hugely impactful player for this team, and I expect him to really um, kind of lead the charge here and have a breakout year. It just might not reflect in points per game. I think his playmaking is far underrated and not something that people are talking about. His rebounding is excellent. Del Demps did mention he liked the rebounding on this team last year and didn't really think it was a problem, and I didn't either, and I wrote about it. But if you can get better on it, because they ranked in the 20s, you know, for almost all of the season when it came to rebounding. I think Randall can really help there. And a little bit of an increase there can certainly pay off. So I think he's going to have a big impactful season. I just don't think it's necessarily going to reflect in points per game. And hey, that's okay. So if he has a couple of games early in the year, he's averaging 15, 16 points and that's it. I think that's right in line with what we should expect from him. And I think that is perfect for him. And it means the other guys are getting the ball. Now, if they're losing and AD is not looking good or other things like that, maybe we need him to step up a little bit more. But overall, I think that's what we're going to be seeing from him. And I'm excited because, again, the other things he can do outside of scoring are really what's going to make this team so successful. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Enjoy media day. This is going to be a lot of fun, and I will be there. And I cannot wait because we have real things going on when it comes to basketball and this t team. It's been a summer. It's been a little bit long at times. We've gone through a lot of drama with other teams, which is always nice. We've had some drama here in New Orleans during the free agency period, but that's all done because we get on the court stuff now. So thank you all for listening. And of course, we will break down all of Media Day for you here on the podcast tomorrow and the rest of the week. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. We'll be back with you all tomorrow.